for the first day of February of this great year of 2024. This is the Disorderly Show's TLDR News Roundup. Read you the news so you don't have to. And in no particular order. Well, the Oregon State Supreme Court has unanimously ruled that Republican state senators who had more than 10 unexcused absences during a 2023 walkout are ineligible for re-election in line with Measure 113, which I'm sure to Oregonians, that means something. Now, this decision does support the Secretary of State's interpretation of Measure 113, which disqualifies lawmakers from immediate re-election after accruing 10 unexcused absences. Well, there you go. That's, now we all know what that means. So the 10 senators, which is nine Republicans and one independent, they participated in a six-week walkout over issues like transgender health care, abortion, and gun laws, making it the largest walkout in Oregon's history. Now, six of these senators are eligible for re-election in 2024, with four of them already saying they plan to do so. The FCC is addressing the issue of AI-generated robocalls following an incident where a fake message, which sounded like President Biden, misled New Hampshire voters during a primary. The FCC chair is proposing recognizing AI-generated voices as artificial, which they are, but by doing so, then they can classify them as illegal because robocalls are illegal under the Telephone Consumer Protection Act. Over in California! That's kind of fun saying it that way. 25 district attorneys are suing Tesla's Fremont factory for environmental law violations. And the lawsuit alleges that Tesla improperly handled, transported, and disposed of hazardous materials like oil, lead, acid batteries, antifreeze, and diesel fuel up to 101 sites in California. And the counties are seeking an injunction to force Tesla to comply with proper waste disposal methods, and they're seeking civil penalties, which they could amount to as much as $70,000 per violation per day. Tesla had previously settled with the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency in 2019 over hazardous waste violations, and again in 2022 for separate Clean Air Act violations, both concerning its Fremont factory. Like yesterday, where we learned that Boeing asked to get a safety exemption for their planes, and then we find out, well, we all found out just how terrible that can be. Why are companies being allowed to settle for violations? Because they're just repeating the same things. They're just paying, okay, here's the penalty. We're still going to do the same things. That's why you got to make it a percentage, not just a flat rate. My opinion, though. Moving on. Joshua Schultz. I think that's how you pronounce his name. He's a former CIA employee, and he got 40 years in prison for the largest data leak in the agency's history. He was convicted in 2022 of illegally gathering and transmitting national defense information, obstructing a criminal investigation and other charges. And in 2023, he was also found guilty of child pornography charges. He worked as a computer engineer at the CIA's Center for Cyber Intelligence, where he created tools for undetected data extraction from computers. And what's being told to us is that his issues at the CIA began in 2015 due to a feud with management and a co-worker leading to both parties being transferred. And in 2016, he allegedly stole cyber tools and source code, transferring them to WikiLeaks and then tried to erase traces of his actions. He then left the CIA in November 2016, and WikiLeaks published its first part of the Vault 7 leaks in March 2017. He was then arrested in August 2017 on child pornography charges and was later indicted for the data breach. 
A hostage situation at a Procter & Gamble plant in northwest Turkey has been resolved with all employees confirmed safe. One suspect was apprehended in the incident and the hostages were safely evacuated. PG&E expressed relief that no one was harmed and gratitude to the authorities and first responders for their professional handling of the situation. And it's being reported the reason the gunman took the hostages is because they wanted to draw attention to the loss of life in the Israel-Hamas conflict. President Joe Biden has issued an executive order imposing financial sanctions and visa bans on Israeli settlers in the West Bank, accused of attacking Palestinians and Israeli peace activists. The order targets four individuals involved in acts of violence and attempts to seize Palestinian property, aiming to block their access to the U.S. financial system and prohibit dealings with American citizens. And the State Department has imposed travel bans on extremist Jewish settlers involved in attacks on Palestinians in the West Bank with more potential bans if violence continues. Publicis Health, a subsidiary of the French media conglomerate Publicis Group, agreed to a $350 million settlement over its role in marketing opioids like OxyContin in the U.S. opioid epidemic. Now, this is the first major settlement involving an advertising company in the U.S. opioid crisis, and the settlement funds will be distributed among states for opioid abatement, treatment, and prevention efforts, and Publicis has agreed to pay the entire amount within two months. And the agreement also includes a prohibition on publicists accepting future contracts for marketing or selling opioids and mandating the public release of internal documents related to opioid promotion. Publicists was implicated in implementing Purdue Pharma's Evolve to Excellence campaign, targeting high prescribing doctors with marketing emphasizing the abuse deterrent properties of OxyContin and advocating for higher dosages. McKinsey and Company, another firm involved in developing the campaign for Purdue, previously agreed to nearly $1 billion in settlements for its role in the opioid crisis. And of course, Publicis denies any wrongdoing or liability, claiming its work was lawful and compliant with regulations, attributing most of its work to Rosetta, an agency it acquired and closed a decade ago. Right, because when I'm wrong, I also need to pay $300 million. But I wasn't wrong. The New Hampshire House, which is Republican-led but closely divided, rejected three abortion-related bills showing no consensus on further restricting or protecting reproductive rights. The state's current law prohibits abortion after 24 weeks unless the mother's health or life is at risk or in cases of fatal fetal anomalies. A proposal to add abortion rights into the state's constitution failed to receive the necessary majority for advancement despite a close vote of 193 to 184. The House also rejected a bill requiring two doctors in neonatal intensive care units for abortions after 15 weeks and another bill proposing a ban on abortion after 15 days of gestation. The later bill, equating to almost an outright ban, was also voted to be indefinitely postponed, making its revival more difficult. Auto workers at Hyundai's Montgomery plant in Alabama have launched a unionization campaign to help join the UAW with 30% of the workers signing union cards. Now, this announcement follows a similar move by workers at the Mercedes-Benz plant in Vance, Alabama, who also recently initiated a campaign to join the UAW. Now, the workers at Hyundai are motivated by various grievances, including unmet promises of good jobs and benefits, poor treatment during personal emergencies, and being pushed to work despite injuries. And obviously there's opposition to the unionization, but not from the workers themselves. It's from political and business leaders who argue that ah, it, could, it could hurt the state's auto industry. But Hyundai reported over $9.7 billion in profit in 2023. And yet workers are going, um, we're not benefiting here from the company's success. So UAW is doing exactly 
what it said it was going to do after it had those successful contract negotiations with the big three. They're going after every automaker. Charles Jackson French, a World War II hero, will be honored with a new Arleigh Burke-class guided missile destroyer being named after him. French, known as the Human Tugboat, heroically saved 15 sailors by towing their life raft after the USS Gregory was sunk by enemy fire in 1942. And despite his bravery, French received limited recognition during his lifetime, largely due to racial discrimination. French worked as a mess attendant in the Navy, one of the few jobs available to black sailors at the time. He re-enlisted after Pearl Harbor and was assigned to the USS Gregory. The International Swimming Hall of Fame and retired Navy veterans played a crucial role in reviving French's story. French was posthumously honored with a Navy Marine Corps medal and a naval base San Diego training pool and an Omaha post office named after him. And for the first day of February in this good year of 2024, this is the Disorderly Show's TLDR News Roundup. Let's make it a good month, people!